Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello, we're the Kransky Sisters on Joy Joy. 94.9. Hello and welcome to Being There, Done That on Joy 94.9. It's great to be with you and to have you as our company to our little radio program. With me today is... Phil. And I'm Gordon. And I'm Chris. Yeah. The terrible trio. Oh, the... The being there doing this crew. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how when, when you... When you're talking to somebody and you'll be mentioning something that's happened, you, you always say, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I say it, I think, oh, God. <laughs> what a reflection. What a reflection, yeah. In fact, we are a reflective <coughs> program. We talk about history items, but usually in the terms of how they affect us in the current era and uh, our current social environment. And today we've got a huge program. We've got actually too much for one program. We'll probably miss a few things that we've written down. Because <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk quickly. We'll just get yeah, through it all. Yes, we, oh, well, well, we usually that, miss something. Yeah, yes. Well, in that case, let's start on what a wonderful weekend it was and mm. then move on to a couple of identities mm-hmm. what and about a couple the weather? of social problems. Uh, and then in our last little grab, we will talk about international events that have occurred in the last week or so. What a gorgeous weekend it was. Oh, wasn't it wonderful? It was so hot. And I went... On Sunday, you On mean? Sunday, yeah. Sunday, it was so hot. And I went to the Seniors Dance Club, which was really, really very well attended yesterday. And it was it was a really great day. And it's for the elder gay community. And they uh, have it at the Fitzroy Town Hall, thanks to the Yarra Council, which... And the mayor of Yarra was there. And he's a very nice man. It was just a seniors dance club. And they have it every month. It's one month. It's the first Sunday in the month from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And then the next month it is on a Thursday evening from 5.30 to 7.30. So they have two, uh, always at the Fitzroy Town Hall, which is rather easy to get to. And it's, it's really, really a good time. So if you're a senior... well. Uh, and you how, don't have how, to be elderly because there are a lot of young people there. I was going to say, well. how young are the youngest? Uh, well, I think there were some young young women there who would have probably been in their late twenties, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's it, well, it's just a lot of fun. You it's know? an opportunity to kick your heels up, having yeah, a dance, have a bit of a dance, and, yeah, and, and jiggle. Uh, and, and they have supper. They have an afternoon tea sort of thing. You can get a coffee and they have champagne. And is this a free event? Yeah, normally. Mm. Wow. Stand back, watch out for the... Uh, the elders coming through. <laughs> yay, yay. When's the next one, please, Gordon? Uh, it's, I forget the date, but it's the first Thursday of, of uh, May oh, at 5.30 in the evening, 5.30 to 7.30. At? At the Fitzroy Town Hall. Beware of twinkle toes, Gordon. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a very, very interesting afternoon. And, it and was if I'm, my memory of Sunday is correct, you would have worked up a little bit of a glow. Oh, yes, well, horses sweat and people perspiring, but Rita Hayworth glows, is the saying, yes, yes. <laughs> Sweating with the oldies. Sweating with the oldies, yes. <laughs> but it was a very pleasant day. I wonder how our cricketers went on. Yeah, well, because Pride Cricket, I couldn't go to that because I've all, I had already said I was going to be a thing, but Pride Cricket was on on Sunday as well down at the St Kilda Football Ground, I think it was, and uh, Joy did broadcast from there. We did an outside yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We're, we're everywhere sometimes. Yeah, and it's great now because we've had gay football, we've had gay... Um, soccer. soccer. Is it soccer? Soccer. We certainly gay rugby. Gay rugby, yes. We definitely have gay rugby and gay rowing. Uh, yeah. We've got all sorts of uh, gay tennis. We've got all those sort of things going, but now we've got pride cricket. Badminton, the gay smashers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. as organised sports, it's mm. great to see the rainbow flag appearing in the major sports. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's come out at the Commonwealth Games this so far. No, <laughs> and I haven't I'm seen not, anything about them. I've not seen any uh, list of. But I did of, read about um, uh, Matthew Mitchum had an article in the Out at Perth or something or other one of the, the website that they yeah. have, which I read, and uh, he was talking about how when he came out, or uh, it meant that he didn't have to worry about anything else but his diving, because he didn't have. And to, it worked for him. And it worked for him beautifully. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. But anyhow, oh, so, that's terrific. So that that was the the. the when it must have been wonderful at the cricket with that weather, with it was such a warm day and it was such a beautiful day. Yeah. Well, you don't want your sandpaper getting wet, do you? No, you can't get your sandpaper <laughs> wet. Yes. Stop yeah. Oh, you're dreadful. I, I, I don't think anybody was fiddling with their balls or, <laughs> at the Pride Cup. Well, not on, on the field much. anyway. Not on the field. Yes. <laughs> well, who is this? You're having a time of your life. Oh yes, sir. Here's Ultranate. and show blogs go to joy.org.au You're with Chris Gordon and Phil been there done that on Joy 94.9 Magda Zabanski is a person of interest within our community a huge interest actually oh she has a reputation as being a wonderful comedian and a film actress a TV actress and of course she's written a lot of this stuff for herself but she started out as a writer and performer of sketch comedy and has since progressed to production of TV film acting and musical theatre and like a lot of comedians here and we've got the comedy festival going on at the moment in Melbourne she honed her art 
at the University of Melbourne where she was on some of their little that. antics. They, have a, that, they yeah. have a very interesting situation at the Melbourne U where they do have these student reviews and it, that sort of thing. Footlights reviews. Yeah, and yeah. they really get find out where the people have, that have talent and the, the, the number of people that have actually come through from the university's review system yeah. is absolutely amazing. Well, a couple of things from her history. Uh, in 1976, as a year 10 student, she kept in a team on the television quiz, It's Academic. Well, that was her first little claim to fame. But then in 85, she was in the University of Melbourne Law Review of Too Cool for Sandals, <laughs> which is a play on the name of the play uh, School of Scandals. School for Scandal, yeah. <laughs> and, and she had Michael Veach and Tom Gleisner as part of the crew that she was performing with. And, and they have gone on to great success as well. Well, they were the degeneration. Yeah, I that's mean. right. Yeah, well, that was on the television. Well, people would have to be old enough to remember that, though. And uh, she had that wonderful, in, in retrospect, if you ever get to see them, just go and search for them. Uh, fast forward. For the Seven Network, mm-hmm. she played various characters today, including Pixie Ann Wheatley, Chanel from the Institute oh, of yes. Debutte. Oh yes, that was Debutte. Yes, uh, she was and wonderful. And we Mary McGregor mm-hmm. and Joan Kerner, the premiere of the time, and a few other characters. But one of the best characters, uh, Chris, would have been in the the comedy that with Jane. Jane Riley Ray, and Gina, Gina Riley and, 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 Jane, and, Turner. and Jane Turner. Uh, well, they performed a thing called Big Girls Blow. And Got then the they character. developed those characters into Kath and, and Kim. Kim. <laughs> and um, Magda had a part there. She was Sharon Straslacki. But she, she was always in trouble with Sharon from a netball and her playing cricket or something or other. She was always coming in with bandages all over her place and, and, and band-aids. She always had a horrible red rash or something. She <laughs> picked up just, somewhere. Just, just an amazing character. That show was, a, you, 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 you didn't miss an episode of it. It was just so cleverly written. But it held a mirror very close to our society. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Especially in, in certain sort of areas. Some rather. of the outer suburbs. Yes, the outer <laughs> suburban living i loved the scene where they were um, it was christmas time and they decided that they would give the paper man a present so they had a bottle of wine wrapped up in christmas paper they drove past the place and threw the bottle of wine over the top of the car and it landed in the doorway of the, of the paper <laughs> shop and sort of wine went everywhere you know and she's grabbed a happy christmas ralph or whatever his name was and i just thought that is so typical of them you know Magda starred in an international film called Babe. Oh, Babe. Babe 1 and 2, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. She was Esme Hoggett. And she had pink. also roles or voices in Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. Yeah. So she, she's, she's been a, everywhere. She's she done, has been there and done yes, that. Yes, yes. Done lots of things. But she, the most interesting thing was perhaps in the last 12 months or so of her existence here in Australia and here in Melbourne because she she's always been behind the scenes. She works at she's a volunteer at the Women's Refuge mm-hmm. and helped out at twenty ten organization. I don't know what that one is, mm. but it's on my little list of here things I've written. And then in respect of the e- same sex marriage equal marriage thing. Yeah. Mm. Postal vote, she became a real advocate but the, for the of, yes vote in that because she is a character, a person of 
people, some importance in people's young people look up to her. people's lives mm. uh, she was able to expostulate the yes vote but she was brilliant on Q&A the night oh. she was on Q&A did she pull them apart there was a few things that were said and she just <laughs> went straight at them good on you Magda well, it's easy when you've got the truth on your side. Well, that's right. You can, if you've got the truth, you've always got the right to say it. Yeah, that's true. But interestingly enough, in the interviews that were carried on on the TV and radio, her sexuality actually came out uh, because she was supporting the, the yes oh, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said she's uh, you know, basically been... Uh, always gay she knew was gay mm, but mm. but it would appear that there was no reason for her to to proclaim her non-heterosexuality well, until this particular point of time it wouldn't have made any difference to her you know no. to, her sexuality had nothing to do with her acting ability and no, and the thing she was doing and and there she was she's had a uh, since 1976 mm. she's had quite that's what 40 40 years 41 years, years 40. Of, of living a public life mm-hmm. as Magda. Mm. Yeah, but she couldn't have been gay for all that time in public. Oh, no. If you remember what happened to Ellen DeGeneres when she came out on American oh, television, yeah, yeah. But she I think, lost a brilliant career. Yeah, but Philip, the Australian way of looking at that sort of thing is a little bit different to the American way, I think. Well, I hope so, but yeah, I, I, just, I suspect... I, I don't think there. it would have made any difference to Magda. Uh, yeah. To come out earlier. Well, I met matter. her once in a previous life. Yeah, I did too. And yeah. um, I had repaired her computer and was about to explain because it was just a simple little thing in her email setup. And I started to explain and she put her hand up in front of my face and she said, stop. <laughs> she said, this is a tool. It's much like I have a microwave in my kitchen. I don't care how it works. I just, just want my want coffee it. to be hot when it comes out. <laughs> and I said, that's a perfect point. Yep. And well, that's proceed. what they are. They're only tools, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that we're talking about Magda is because she's got a birthday coming up on the 12th of April. Yep. She was born in 1961, so we don't talk about a woman's age. But anyway, but we, just done so. we didn't mention her date of birth. There's calculators everywhere going... But what about poor old Kenny Everett, who died on the 4th of April, 1995. He was a UK actor, born in 1944, but he had a bit of a reputation that preceded him as opposed to Magda whose gay reputation followed her. Right. But he was a, a, a comedian as well, wasn't he? Not just oh, an actor. Yeah. He was very a co- comedic character actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he I don't think he did stand up. He may have done so, but he was always in he had the Kenny Everett show on television was all Kenny Everett playing all sorts of different parts, female, male, everything that was coming along. Two interesting things. I'm pretty sure that he's the one who took the Queen song Bohemian Rhapsody and played it continuously because it was too long for radio that's right yes and he didn't agree with that so he played it multiple times in a row and it took off as a hit that's right yeah yeah and he's also in the song by buggles video killed the radio star Mm -hmm. he's the radio star he's the radio star that that is referred to right which isn't a great claim to fame (laughs) (laughs) but he but he but he was very funny he was a very funny man with the characters he played yeah Yeah. and sadly missed sadly missed yes But anyhow, that's what happens to all of us. Yes, eventually. Mm. Someone else who's having a birthday round about this time, on the 15th of March, 1966, Samantha Fox, the UK pop singer. She was the page three girl in the sun. At age 16. Yes, yes. and She She was a big girl then, and then she she grew up. She had a beautiful figure. She was a beautiful-looking woman, beautiful-looking woman. But um, she came out that she said she'd fallen in love with many women, and um, she, she... 
didn't worry about her sexuality at all and she didn't think it was anybody else's business but she actually i think she actually married her own manager. business manager yeah and they were together for quite a while her business manager passed away uh, in 2015 uh-huh. from cancer yeah, yeah. but oh. yeah. her career started because she showed off her boobs in the paper oh yes yeah, she was a, they, so she was, she's, she yeah. sold sexuality that she didn't believe in <laughs> that's right yes yes oh i yeah. don't know i think our, our dear lesbian listeners well, yeah, but en- I know, but enjoy a nice I'll, eyeful i wonder how many males bought records compared to females well i think that that was it was the murdoch press well, i don't think murdoch owned it at the time i'm not quite sure about that but it was the the, the english uh, the london sun that always every i think it was every tuesday on page three you would have sam fox with um basically nothing on <laughs> such a classy publication <laughs> 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 but she's got a good voice she knows how to sing that's for sure a good set of lungs well, you, you <laughs> so could say that again. <laughs> yes, well, a lot of people rely on their reputation for their ongoing history, but uh, here's Samantha Fox singing. joy.org.au, where our diverse communities can come together across the nation, across the globe. Joy. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Yeah. Last Saturday on the TV, around about 7.30 of the evening, I watched a beautiful film on SBS called George III, The Genius of the Mad King. And it was a one-hour program in which the program producer shed light on King George III. George III. Britain's longest reigning king. And they've recently opened up the archives in the UK and we've discovered so much about the life of King George that probably in the light of modern knowledge of psychiatry, psychology and medicine and the modifying behaviour of some modern drugs that we can see particularly George III in a new light completely. He wasn't completely mad, was he? Well, he wasn't. um, (laughs) But the people around him were. (laughs) Well, they... He actually was quite prolific. He was fecund, I think is the expression. Mm -hmm. I think he had 15 kids uh, out of... The wife, who was a Hanoverian, Hanoverian from Germany, Mm, mm. but they lost three or four to infant death. So she was a baby factory, and he they were obviously guaranteeing their their rule and their. The, the line would continue. Exactly, Gordon. But it was a wonderful expose, and it showed, however, that in modern light, you would have thought that he had aspects of Alzheimer's 
or aspects of Asperger's syndrome, as we call it these mm, days. Mm. He might have been somewhere on the uh, the spectrum, as they also say. Yeah, somewhere. He had all his royal records, all the notes that he wrote to everybody. He he time stamped them mm. when he wrote them. He you know signed by George eight forty p.m. on Sunday evening or whatever Is it might that a be. Bit obsessive compulsive it could have been and, Sounds and a bit. but all his records he kept them and in sequence he was uh, he was really like a, a great Sheldon. journalist a he, journalist yeah he was yeah, but, you know, yeah. all his history was there mm. and f- obvious for people to see so it was interesting to see this from the archives but of some George. of his family were quite idiotic too the the that his offspring were not exactly what you would call um, sharp as sharp pins. As pins. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got 15, you're sort of thinning them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> number one, number two, number three. <laughs> From the left. <laughs> At some point, you stop caring. You go, oh, they'll teach themselves to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, from the point of view that modern knowledge of psychiatry, psychology and medicine would have resolved a lot of his problems and he wouldn't have uh, received the, the title Mad King. But what was the thing he had, the overload of iron porphyry? Uh, uh? Oh, yeah. He, he, his blood was a little bit... He was very florid on occasions mm. and there was something wrong in his metabolism which which actually bound the, the, his, uh, the iron and the blood... Mm. And clogged it up because and stopped it from being so saturated with oxygen. Yeah, because he is also um, the result of Australia. Well, he was the last. He was the last king, king of America, and he was the first well, king of last Australia king of the American states. States, yes, mm. before yes. they unified, because right. yep. they'd yet to have their civil mm. war. Mm. And he was the first king of Australia, Australia. Mm. because he sent the. They decided to send the convicts out to Australia because they couldn't send them to America anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So and, King and, George and, wasn't that mad after all. No, no, King George wasn't. And, and we've got the, another frustrated king in waiting, lurking around at the moment. He is the longest-serving crown prince ever in the royal family We're of Britain. We're talking about Charles, Charles. Yes, he's got these. Prince of Wales. He's been waiting for so long. He is but he out. doesn't have as good a theme song as George. What was that? George, George, George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, no. but, but there was a very clever cartoon in the uh, on Insiders the other morning. It was from the, one of the pa- papers, and it had um, Charles and um, was sort of saying, "Look, I don't think the the uh, the royal family will be out of fashion here in Queensland, going by the flags." Well, they're in the Queen's state. That's right. The Queen's uh, but then, land. but then Camilla was sitting down the bottom saying, "Damn it." <laughs> <laughs> no, well, she'll be the uh, consort. The consort. She's not going to be queen. She's only she going to be consort. Might be queen consort. Queen could be queen consort, but she's. But yeah, yes. she won't be queen. Why are we so nitpicky about that? Why well, can't she just difference. be queen? Oh, we, we just. Well, she married to the king. Yeah, that's in true. all my fairy tales and things, King Gwen were married. Yeah, but they were all young and gorgeous, weren't they? No, the king was always. He looked like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, these two are Ganali. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Someone who's having a birthday around about this time, 5th of April 1929, was Nigel Hawthorne, the UK actor in Yes Minister, and he died in 2001. 
Yes, Gordon. He played in a play, The Madness of King George. Yes, and they made it into a movie. And, and that went into a movie. But uh, whereas British TV and Australian TV had seen Nigel Hawthorne for quite some years in plays like, or TV series like Yes Minister and mm. uh, Yes Prime Minister, and also on stage shows, Nigel Hawthorne was gay. Was, uh, but he, like in the British society, it wasn't a matter of public importance no. or note or knowledge. No, he was always out. And he when was out. he was playing in the US this particular role of the madness of King George, somehow the press got onto this little aspect and he was outed. Only outed in America, though. You yeah. know, because everybody, oh, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah no, because everybody in England would have known he was gay anyhow because well, he lived with his partner for many, many years. Gay is get out. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We are talking about earlier with Magda controlling to a certain extent how she came out mm. and no, and we of course we've, we know how Ma- Matthew Mitchum came, controlled his coming out poor old Nigel Hawthorne didn't actually have quite that luxury and his partner was very very down on the on the American press for doing it too up and coming up to the uh, um, Academy Award nominations and uh, they gave the Academy Award that year to Forrest Gump um, to yeah. Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump which I thought was a shocking yeah. movie but, but there the was Nigel Hawthorne. He'd been uh, playing the role of George III that we referred to in mm, the beginning yeah, of this yeah, chat. Yeah. And they were harping on the, the madness aspect, mm. the bipolarism that yeah, was yeah. Uh, evident yeah. to us with modern eyes on, and the fact that the palace couldn't get any medication of any sort. Well, they didn't have it in those days. That's right. You know, yeah. they, they didn't know. They, they bled him and they cupped him and they did everything to to sort of stop this, what they called madness. They, and they, they had the, they you know, they'd, put, they'd cut them and bleed them and, or stick leeches on them so they'd suck their blood out of well, them. Well, that was modern medicine. Modern medicine of the time, yes, exactly right. But when uh, uh, Nigel Hawthorne won so many BAFTA awards for his acting and everything like that, and he also won Tony Awards, in, on Broadway, he was a very, very talented man, very talented actor. And Alan Bennett, who wrote The Madness of King George He was III, a gay man. He was a gay man, but he demanded Nigel for Play this particular role because he was such a wonderful character mm, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But in the words of Forrest Gump himself, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Hard or soft and centers, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I prefer the hard ones myself. Someone else who's got an anniversary around about this time, on the 14th of April 1986, was Kenneth Williams, another UK actor who all his life denied his sexuality, although you would never have ever said that he wasn't anything except gay. Because all his characters were screaming queens. (laughs) (laughs) And yet he denied being gay. And yet his diaries have just been found and they've been turned into a book. And he apparently was great friends with two young gay men who he met somewhere along the line. One was uh, very well educated and the other one was a postman. And he used to love to take them to all the swish parties because they had this very erudite, gorgeous-looking, well-connected man and the rafish sort of postman thing. But they, they've been, And they're still together. These two guys are still alive and they're still together and they have never mentioned the fact in any of the conversations about Kenneth Williams. They have kept that so quiet. But the fellow that found the diaries and wrote the book, yeah. he contacted them and they then 
told filled Summers in the gaps. filled in the gaps wow. for him. Yeah, because Kenneth Williams was so freaked out with his sexuality that he couldn't satisfy his desires, mm, mm. and oh, the poor bugger was. You know, really, he was mad in himself. Yes, but I won't say he was lunatic or stupid. He he was so frustrated and having to live a double life in effect. But they said that he was in uh, that he actually carried the torch for the well-educated, erudite young man uh, Wayne uh, Tom Wayne or something rather his name was. He was the one that uh, Kenneth Williams was sort of carried the torch for. But they never they never were never physical. It was just always a. a, a but see, that's the problem if you're not quite up to terms with your sexuality and you fall in love with somebody you can't have, that's not going to help your general state of mind. And no. he did suffer from depression. And that would be a, a fairly common thing in that situation. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You're deeply yeah. in love with somebody and yeah, yeah, they're not yours. Yeah. But he, apparently in his diaries he wrote in two colours, red and blue. Oh, the red yeah. ones were for his, um, for his health things the way he was thinking about himself and the other one was for his shows and things about when he'd done mm-hmm. doing shows and stuff yeah and apparently they, that's what they they worked it out when they started reading what he was what he'd oh, written right yeah yeah and so he wrote in red and blue <laughs> yeah well the apparently who was putting together his history sussed out this code the color coding was easy to crack williams wrote in red pen when discussing his health and blue when he had dramatic news uh and he, because he was such a wonderful copper plate writing person, a beautiful script, mm. uh, his moods were reflected in how he wrote the words. Mm. But the, the three of them used to go off to Tripoli for great holidays and they'd go oh. to Italy. They'd go, they'd, they'd chuff off the three of them together and they'd go off to gay bars and all the rest of it and they had a, they had a wonderful well, time because together. because he was anonymous in Tripoli. If you ever get a hot chance to listen to Round the Horn, Kenneth Williams is in that. Yes. What's he say? I'm... Hello, I'm Julian and this is my, my friend, friend Sandy. Sandy. And they and talk they about where a, they've been to do what And they, they were a couple of gay characters within mm. it. Yeah. But also he was in the Carry On Carry films, on, which, are, queen in the which are terribly un-PC these days. But once again, you'll find them on YouTube, I'm sure. They are very, very funny, if you don't mind a bit of bawdy humour. And, <laughs> and it's bawdy. As I said, non-PC these mm. days. If current it was English humour of the time, and it was. It yeah. allowed Benny Hill to exist and have yes, a career. Exactly so right, yeah, yeah. But he was a. He, he, he was probably a. It must have been terrible to live the life that he lived, being not out, but sort of always in in that sort of cocoon. Yeah. Mm. No excuses. No excuses. No. Be out. Just be proud. Vegan trainer. <laughs> Out loud proud. You're with Phil, Chris, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. We're having fun. We've oh, we've been really we're, slipping through the topics through, today. But the, we're going to talk about an interesting subject of uh, international. Thing well, now. a couple of international yeah, stories. Yeah. Uh, one, one is actually rather depressing and uh, very sad. Yes, Gordon. Can I say that we're lucky we live in Australia? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what, I'll just preface that what we're going to talk about because we're lucky we live here and we don't have to live like some people in, in overseas countries that are completely homophobic. Yeah. In particular, we're talking about the people living in Chechnya, a mainly Muslim region in southern Russia. Yeah. Now, that should tell you already, uh, they're a minority group, they're That's contained right. in an area, they're not of our blood, the Russians would say. And, and the Russians don't like, uh, the Russians are homophobic as well, well the, the people in charge are anyhow. They are. Mm. And so the, the, the whole society, much like the Rohingya in Burma, are being persecuted. Mm. And especially the gay people, because they are out. They're uh, a minority of a minority of a minority. Yeah, but they they we've got a mess. A thing about here about one of them. Uh, she's a in her twenties, Marco. Yeah. She lives in Chechnya, and uh, when her family found out that she was gay, they said that they, they said to me. Either we will kill you or we will lock you up in a psychiatric ward and throw away the key. The only alternative is to undergo exorcism. Now, isn't that a nice thing to do to your daughter? Hello? Hello? What century are these people living in? Well, they go back to the uh, writing of the Quran, I guess, and that's what's in the Quran, so that's what they do. Well... But it's also the society that they're, they're living, living in, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Chechen leader maintains that there are no homosexuals in that republic at all. <laughs> well, which what, sounds like a Queensland politician, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But she went. She's uh, actually she's living in a, a, a city now in Russia, and she's um, undergoing all the tr- the paperwork to get out of Russia for good and yeah. go, go to somewhere else, the poor woman. Yeah. yeah, But the politicians within Chechnya are saying, even if such people existed in Chechnya, our law enforcement agencies would not need to bother with them because their own relatives would simply send them to a place from which they would never return. Now, isn't that a lovely situation? Oh. You know, that's, that's sort of doing very quietly what, the bombs are doing in Syria, I would think. You know, yeah. it's it's devastating, devastating yeah. um, the whole the people and communities and stuff. You know, it's just awful. And if the Chechenians, Chechenians want to get out, they've got to apply for a refugee to escape, mm. and then mm. to the country they go to to and seek entry, they've got to say what. And the next country mightn't be much more friendly than yeah. their own. Can we tell them to come to Australia, but not by boat? Oh, well, yeah, jump on a plane and you can walk you off. You can walk yeah. off and you're right, yeah. Even come by South Africa, maybe. Mm, yeah. Yes, that's right. You might be a white farmer. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to be political. Oh, well, you can be political because we're be late at night. I sarcastic, Yes, 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 that's right. And we're full, <laughs> we're full of sarcasm when it gets to things like this, I can assure you, because it's just not human nature. It is just bloody terrible. Last week we were talking about the... PBS system here, not the radio station, but the pharmaceutical benefits scheme here in Australia whereby PrEP medicine, the the anti-HIV control, is now being made available to uh, all people in Australia at a reasonably well, cheap you, price you, you per get month. it for the what what it is for the um, your ordinary um, medications if you get a mm. script from your doctor you get it for the the um, PBS price rather than having to pay hundreds of hundreds yeah, of dollars for each and uh, I think that's about forty six dollars <laughs> a month which is totally incredible mm, mm. and and we in Australia believe that this is a change point in our 
uh, in the control of HIV here in Australia. It should eventually uh, wipe out the HIV Well, long thing. as it can get to everybody in the mm, yeah, community yeah, yeah. that needs it. Yeah, and yeah. that's the problem because, mm. uh, as we know, with any virus that... Uh, there's always something a little bit hiding around somewhere. Yeah, mm. and it's lurking in those, that mm. the anti-vaxxers or whatever else and all. What's happened, uh, Phil, in uh, the US? Well, they're predicting the end of... Yeah. HIV AIDS, I guess. In? In America. All right. This is the CDC are doing this. Yeah, the Centre for Disease Control. But their system is so radically different to ours. Mm. I I see they're predicting, what was it, three to seven years, whereas I would imagine our forecast here is much shorter time frame. Well, you would hope so. To eradicate it. Have we got a figure? Well, no, no, no one in Australia is because Mm. the, the actual... Uh, means of getting the medicine out to the people involved is, I think, the the weakest link. Yeah, one, the, of, one of the things is to, chain, get, yeah. to get it into the indigenous community, which mm. is where they need or it Or people as well. that mm. won't acknowledge the mm. fact that they could be HIV. HIV. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. in the straight community mm. here mm. in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But I know, I've, I've worked for the AIDS Council for many, many years, and I've seen a lot of people, and I see a lot of people now, that are completely having a great time, you know, because of this prep, you know. It's wonderful. Well, it's... And the Travada. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a, a load off people's mind because the, the new status is not HIV positive. The new status to achieve is undetectable Detectable. and therefore untransmissible. That's right, yes, yes. But the challenge in America is to get the medication to those who need it. Yeah. Because they will have a much pay, bigger problem here. That's they they oh, will pay millions. the top dollar over there. Yeah. 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 Unless somebody can... Subtitle. Change society. Yeah, and, well, well yeah. I, when, the last time I was in America, I was talking to somebody about HIV, and and they said that they were they had to, it cost them something like about fifteen thousand dollars a year for their medication. Well, that would be a minimum, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was lucky because he had gone into a a, 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 a health fund. No, or no, no. It was just like a sweep. Like they they had they would give nine hundred people they they put your names in a barrel and draw out nine nine hundred names and then you'd get your medication for a year for nothing wow and this guy that was working at this bed and breakfast where i was staying he said he was number 899 and he was just floating on air you know i'm going to save so much money i mean it's an observation the americans are super generous up to a point up to a point but a lot of the things they are generous towards are things that that our society gives as part of our social conscience. Mm, mm. Well, see, unemployment insurance is something you buy as an employee mm. or your employer buys. Mm. And if you were to lose your job, you might get six months unemployment, unemployment benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. And there's no safety net. There's no, no. nothing there that they would see as social medicine, no, which no. seems to be evil. Yeah, but they, don't, they, they, they consider capitalism as the great thing, but socialism is terrible. You know, this is but the way. the money is. they spend on defence. Oh, yeah. If they could put that into medicine. Uh, what are we doing here? Billions of dollars to build some submarines that are oh, going to yeah. be, you know. Well, Malcolm, you, you know, if you're fighting a war in the desert, those submarines are real handy. Yeah, yeah, but they do save somebody's seat too in South Australia because oh, it yes. looked like it was going to get beaten. But it's not political, Gordon. No, isn't it? Oh, how could oh. you be that cynical? Oh, I, I must be a cynic, can't I? Oh, I mean, there's no. we do have problems with our own system because there's lots of people coming from war zones. Having a hell of a trouble. 
with their PTSD or what PTSD, it was called. yeah. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, mm. thank you. Yeah. Mm. And we're lucky to the extent that we are lucky, but we are ashamed, I think, to imagine that the government is ignoring those people who've gone to those war zones right. in our name. That's right. We've said how, them How dare they and be they missed out? They won't look after them when they come home. That's the problem, yeah. But that's a universal problem. It's not just Australia. Oh, yeah, but Australia's are pretty good at that. I can, um, you know, mm. it's just they don't, they don't acknowledge that these things happened. Like I can go back to my brother yeah. and um, they wouldn't recognise the fact yeah. that they had been sent up to the atomic bomb tests. Yeah. Mm. Back in the 1914-18 war, when there was the Spanish flu epidemic, mm. they've actually now de- determined that the mustard gas that was flooded across the war zones mm. in Fla- France and Germany actually activated the flu virus to tr- massive proportions yeah. and the guys in the fields drowned in the, the own with their lungs filling with their own mm. mucus and stuff mm. that was uh, generated because of the ag- the ag- uh, the aggression the, that the mustard gas, mustard gas caused the flu would affect the lungs to, to, too. to yeah, act yeah, within the yeah, body, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's a very nasty thing. It's yeah, but that's 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 another thing that's we we're fortunate the times we live in with we've got these vaccines that can well, vaccinate you against your, these. Phil, things. you're going to your doctor to get this, this week, yes, to I'm get your to, flu shot. I'm going on this week as well. Oh yeah, Gordon. So. And I, I hope I get the right one because there are two this year. Yeah, no. So I think they've withdrawn the weak one. They've only got the super version. That's okay then. That's mm. good. Mm. And uh, no uh, mustard on your sandwich that day, of course. No oh. mustard gas. Wouldn't I love? Uh, I don't think I've got any mustard at home. No. <laughs> Some honey mustard sauce for a while. Yes, oh, yeah. there you yeah. are. <laughs> uh, we're going to go out with a little piece of music from uh, Janice Ian, born Janice Eddie Fink, on the 7th of April 1951. An American singer-songwriter and most uh, successful back in the 60s and 70s, her most widely recognised song at 17 was number one on the Billboard chart for quite some time. Mm. But she was in the folk scene and she, at the age of 16, and this is a not very nice part of her, her history, she met in, uh, comedian Bill Cosby mm. backstage. Oops. And uh, since uh, Janice Ian was underage, she was accompanied by a chaperone during while touring. After her set, she'd been sleeping with her head on her chaperone's lap, uh, an older female friend. According to Ian in a 2015 interview, she was told by her then-manager that Cosby had interpreted their interaction as lesbian, and as a result, in inverted commas, had made it his business close brackets, uh, to warn other television shows that Ian wasn't particularly suitable family entertainment and shouldn't be on television because of her sexuality. Uh, what happened to him oh. when the story came out? Pot yes. calling the kettle black. Pot and black comes oh, into mind, doesn't it? Oh, yes, yes. But his, his was straight rape, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, later on, Janice Ian did come out as lesbian, but you're 16, you haven't made your mind no, up, have no, you? No, not really. Some people have. I had, but that was... Yeah, mind you. Thing. I yeah. wasn't a lesbian, though. I thought you were a lesbian. Not at that age. Oh, the lesbian said about that, the better. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll go home and just Please apologise to all the lady listeners. Yes, Thank we do. Thank you very yes. much. Yes, indeed. Yes.
Well, I think that's about time for us. So uh, let's go out, as I said, with uh, Janice Ian. Or Janice Fink. Uh, Janice Fink, yes. I'm glad you changed her name. What made her think of that? (laughs) (laughs) And the little track I've selected is, this train still runs, and you can hear a country in Western efforts in this Well, I'm going to have to get that train if it's still running. Well, hopefully, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. I think I can. Here we go. Bye Bye for now. now. Bye. Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.